Have you ever um, woken up in the morning and you, you know, you wake up, you know, you clean your face, remove all the sleep from your face, um, you know, you go, you know, your breath smells or whatever. You wake up in the morning, you know, you have a shower, you, you brush your teeth, and then you, you, you go in the mirror and you look in the mirror, right? You just, you look at the mirror and you go, oh man, I'm... Have I changed? What? Look at this gray hair on my beard. This what? This, is, this wasn't her yesterday, you know. And you think, goodness me, I'm, I'm changing. Did I change? When did that happen? When? When did I last change? When, what? Wait, Nick, you changed. Jesus, really, gray hair, you know. So, you, is it just me? I hope it's not me. You know, you look in the mirror and you go, actually, you know, what? I've changed. I've, I've really changed, right? Um, I can I can think about when I was at school in high school. And I can think about, you know, maybe the immature Nick, 16, 17-year-old Nick, who um, feels like it's a lifetime ago. But anyways, immature Nick who hot-headed, you know, who would get into silly fights because I had something to prove, you know. And, and you look at yourself and you think, oh, man, I'm, I'm not that guy. I've, I've changed. Or even at uni, you know, I, however long it was ago, um, you think, goodness me, I'm, I'm not the same person I was. I've, I've really changed. Like, I'm not, you know, partying. And this is like all like the pre-Christ Nick, you know, um, and you've changed. I hope I'm not the only one who's been able to recognize in your life or in our lives changes. Or it could be also for health reasons. Uh, my dad, when he was still alive, he got diabetes uh, later on in life. And so he had to have some lifestyle changes because of his diabetes. So he had to eat a certain way. He had to stop drinking certain things. He had to adapt and he had to change because of his diabetes. Or maybe you're gluten intolerant and so you have to change certain things about your life. You have to change certain things you eat because for your health and such and sometimes we have to change. It's just a natural part of life. We change, we evolve, and we develop, don't we? But also, have you ever been in a place where maybe you've tried to change, and you go, man, this isn't working. I'm, it's just not happening. I'm really trying, and I'm struggling to, I, I want to give up, I don't know, I want to give up swearing, I want to give up smoking, I want to give up, I don't know, this anger, I want, you know, this jealousy, whatever. I, it's just not happening. I'm, it's I am stuck with it. I don't know what to do. I am completely lost. I don't know what to do. And, and so tonight I want to look at um, a passage of the scripture and that talks about, about being a new creation. And, and Tom mentioned it this morning, um, this, morning this evening. And the talk is, uh, because of Jesus, I am changed and changing still. So it's a two-parter, essentially. Um, and we're just going to look at 2 Corinthians together. And if you've got your Bibles, it should be on the screen also. But if you've got your Bibles and you want to read it with me, that'd be great. Um, and so we're going to look at 2 Corinthians 5, and we're going to go from verse 16. That's right. And so the word says this. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. 
All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making this appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And so our focus today is, is literally uh, on that call passage, that call verse 17. There's three things I want to unpack in that, in, in, in that passage. Um, and Paul says some fascinating things. And sometimes we want to change and we struggle and we want to change and we struggle. But Paul says some really fascinating things. He says this first. Um, Therefore, if anyone, so I'm going to stop there. If anyone. Paul Paul is pretty much saying that anyone, anybody can have access to the promise of new life. Anyone. Me. Me. You, Samantha down the road, I don't know if this is Samantha, but someone down the road, anybody can have access to Jesus. Paul isn't saying that Jesus is uh, an exclusive God, but he's saying, actually, Jesus says anybody, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of nationality, regardless of creed, regardless of the language you speak, of your level of intelligence, whether you've done a PhD, whatever. It says anybody can have access to God. And so that's, that's, that's wonderful because we can all have and come to Jesus. You know? And I was thinking about this. Um, have you ever seen those films, right, where, where you, you have to be part of the club to get in, right? You, you have to wear a Tom Ford suit. You have to pay lots of money to have access to the club. You, you, you can't go to this place if you, if you don't have special VIP membership. If, and that membership, you have to pay tens of thousands of pounds to have access to that club. Have you ever, have you ever, been, have you ever seen those places, those, those kind of places where you, you have to pay extortionate amounts to, just to have access? You have to do a crazy amount of things just to belong. I was looking at, I was on my phone, I was looking at a gym in London, you have to pay 400 pounds a month just to have access to it. Can you, you know, it's, it's crazy. 400 pounds just to be part of the club. Sometimes you have to, the world says you, you need to do X, Y, and Z to belong. Or else you're not part of the group. Or else you're not part of our clique. And Paul right here says, anybody can have access. But he doesn't just stop there. He doesn't say anybody have access to free life and that's it. But he says this. He says anybody can have access to new life if if they are in Christ. And that's where the inclusivity comes. You, You have to be in Christ to receive the promise of new life. You have to you have to to know Jesus to be be part of his family. He doesn't say anybody can have access to new life and that's it. He says, actually, to have new life, you need to be in Christ. You need to know who Jesus is. You need to 
know what he's about. You need to know what he's done for you. You, you have to be in Jesus. You have to know him. And you may say, well, Nick, why, why do I want to know Jesus? Surely Jesus is, is irrelevant. Why, why do I want to know Jesus? Well, because simply Jesus, is, you know, like a tin says, it says what it says on the tin. Jesus is exactly that. Jesus didn't mince his words. We read that Jesus came not to condemn, but to set us free. We read that Jesus came because he loved the world so much that if we believe in him, we would have eternal life and not be condemned. He came because he loves. He came because he wanted to set us free. He came because he wanted to release us and give us new life, a new, new way of living, a new, a new lease on life, new freedoms. Who doesn't want that? Who, who doesn't want to have that, that newness that Jesus offers? And so Jesus doesn't, doesn't miss in words. It's not that complicated. It's actually, do you want to know Jesus? Do you, do you want to have new life? Do you want to be a new creation? And if the answer is yes, then Jesus is your guy. He's the one who provides that. He's the one who, who gives you that. He doesn't require you to come in your Sunday best. He doesn't require you to come with a thousand pound tithe. He doesn't require you to come with your whole life in order, you've, you've got it sorted out, you've rearranged, you have everything set. He doesn't require any of that. He just says, come as you are. Just come to me. Just come to me. And this morning, Tom was preaching about Jesus. And, and, and when we are his, we are, we are in his hand and we, we are kept and nothing can snatch us away. Jesus calls us to come to him so that he can be our good shepherd, that he can be the one who keeps us, who sustains us, who feeds us, who looks after us. If you accept and you invite Jesus into your life, I can guarantee you he will radically blow your mind and will change your life for the better. It's a bit like this. To accept Jesus is like knowing that there is a train in front of you. You have there's this train in front of you, right? And you're just waiting. And, and Jesus has already given you a ticket. So this is my, my train ticket here. Jesus says, Nick, this is your train ticket. And this train ticket represents his, his death on the cross, his resurrection, his ascension. This is all that Jesus is. And he says, Nick, the train's here, and here's the ticket. Jesus is the train, and this is all he's done for me. He says, this is the ticket. Free of charge, it's your ticket. And all I've got to do is punch my ticket in and walk on that train. And that's all that Jesus wants us. You just need to walk on that train and trust yourself to that train and the journey it will go on. Jesus is the only way to which we can have new life, to which we become new creations. Jesus is the answer. It's because of him, it's because of Jesus that we are changed, that we are made new, that the old has gone and the new has come, as Paul says here. Jesus is the way. But he doesn't just stop there. He doesn't just say, hey, Nick, I'm going to change you, and then I'm done with you. That's it. You change. You are mine. You, you are set free because you call me yours. You're, you're done. He doesn't stop there. Um, I, I like sports. I like to watch lots of sports. I like, I don't mind tennis so much. It's okay. I, I, I watch tennis. But I like um, basketball. I like American football. I like a bit of hockey. I saw like physical sports and contact where you just big men, you know, hit each other. I like that stuff, you know. Um, 
But I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about some of the best athletes that you've maybe ever seen play any sports. You have Novak Djokovic, you have Nadal, you have Serena Williams, you have Kobe Bryant, you have LeBron James, you have Steph Currys, you have maybe the David Beckhams, the Ronaldos. You have all these amazing players. And, and do you know what they all have in common? Why they're so relentless? Why they are so trained? Why they are so strong? Why they're so capable? Do you know what they all have in common? They continually, ceaselessly train and train and train and train. And, 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 and they are so laser-focused that they dominate the world of sports. But if you look at them when they were younger, way back when in the infancy, they are not the same people they are now. They have changed. Changed for the better. They have changed to reach greater heights of sports. LeBron James is like almost 40 and he's still dominating the world of basketball. That is unheard of. They are laser focused and they never stop changing. They are continuously adapting, they are continuously honing and refining and changing their skills. They are continuously growing. They don't stop or stay still. They don't go, well, I've won an MVP, I've won a Grand Slam, so therefore I'm done. I've made it. I've achieved it. I'm I'm here. It's great. It doesn't stop there. They continually grow. They continually grow. And there's a passage in Hebrews um, 10, verse 14, that says this. For by one sacrifice, he, that means he is being Jesus, has made perfect those who are big made holy. That's Hebrews 10, verse 14. This is what it says. It says, for by one sacrifice, the sacrifice being his, the cross and resurrection of Jesus. So by one sacrifice, that, the idea that Jesus came with one sacrifice that you and I could be made perfect, perfect forever, by, by, by getting on that train, by literally saying, yes, Jesus, I, I acknowledge who you are. I acknowledge your sacrifice for me. We are being made perfect. We were made perfect forever so that doesn't change you accept christ like tom said this morning you are perfect forever those who are being made holy you're perfect yeah but you are being made holy so that's you are saved you're great you're perfect nick you are set but we've got some things to work on nick and we're gonna make you holy. We are, going, we are going to continue to, to change you into my likeness. We are going to continue to, to work so that you can be more like Jesus, so that when you walk out of this church, people will be drawn to you, and you can point to Jesus, so every day you become more like Christ, you become more like him. We are being made, regenerated every day to look more and more and more like Jesus. It would be foolish to think that Nick, I've arrived. Actually, I haven't. I am continuously being made into a new creation. I'm going to put my mic down for a second so I can explain this a bit further. So it's a bit like, um, imagine this, right? You, 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 may be, you may have done some silly things in your life and you may have committed you know, crimes or whatever and, and you may have a, a criminal record. You've gone to prison, you've paid your, your due and, 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 and you've been set free. You know, you've come to Jesus and you've been forgiven. That's great. But the reality is there are certain things, certain tags, that will continually to stay with you. You are going to be continually 
drawn or have certain things labeled to you. You might have done some things and you have labels attached to you and they're all twisted up and Sam's laughing at me and I can't untwist them. But this. So you have continuous labels attached to you. You may have a label called your damaged goods. You've done some stupid things in your life and you are damaged goods and it's stuck here. This is not where I fought out. And you are damaged goods, right? I'm, gonna, I'm not damaged goods. I'm just going to put my chest here. So I've got a label that's called damaged goods. I may be damaged goods. I've come to Jesus, right? I, I love him. He set me free. But somehow the past still has a hold on me and I, I still think that I'm, I'm damaged goods. I, I've done some things. I've committed crimes and and people say, you're guilty forever. So I've got this label that says, I'm continuously guilty. And I can't shake it off. I've got this label that says, I'm lost. I, I haven't got anybody with me. I'm, I'm wandering the streets. I'm homeless. I'm lost. And I'm still bound to this label. I've got labels that says, I'm weak. I've got labels that says, all sorts. I'm alone. I'm I'm this and I'm that. And, you, and, and even though you have been set free, even though you, you believe in Christ, that you, he's the one who saved you and you are perfect, there are still these labels that are attached to you and, and, and the past tends to have a habit of rearing its ugly head and making you feel really horrible. And I know in my life, um, what Tom knows about this, I have deep, deep insecurities about life and what I do generally. And there are some things that the Lord is, is working on. I compare myself and I think, oh, this, this preacher is fantastic. I, I can't preach like him, surely. He's, he's anointed. He's, he's blessed. Oh, I'm, doing, I'm rubbish. What am I doing here? And actually, Lord's like, no, Nick. No, Nick. I've called you for who you are. You, you are here for a reason. And so you see, we have all these labels that we carry with us, yes? And, but, but, but Jesus says this. He says, even though, Nick, you may feel like you are um, guilty, actually, no, you are forgiven. He calls you forgiven. You know what he does? And the time he works with you, he molds you, he changes you, and this label just drops off. And you inhabit this title of forgiveness. You become forgiven. You, you, he says, I'm, I'm guilty, but actually, no, I'm not guilty anymore. I'm restored. Jesus restores you. And so the labels start to, one by one, they drop off and they get lost and they don't exist anymore. And you have these promises that Jesus speaks of your life. You're restored. You are a new creation. You are strong. You are loved. You are not alone. You, you are part of his family. Do, do you get what I'm trying to say? It's you are continuously being refined and remolded like clay. Jesus doesn't stop. As you are, he continuously works you and changes you and, and molds you into something beautiful. He continuously refines you like gold. And it doesn't stop as you are. I love this idea that Jesus loves me as I am and calls me as I am, but he loves me too much to leave me where I am. And so he calls me into a journey of continual change. And like those guys, the Djokovic, the Serenas, they all have a coach. They all have a coach who works behind the scenes, who makes them great. And our coach, if you will, is Jesus. He is the one who works in us by his Holy Spirit, to change us, to refine us, to work us, to mold us, to equip us, to, 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 to help me work on my, maybe on my anxiety, to help me work on, on my jealousy, to help me work on my unrepentance or my unforgiveness. 
Jesus, by the power of his Holy Spirit, continuously works in me and in you and molds you and continuously changes you into his likeness. Jesus continuously works in you. You are like clay and he continuously molds you into something beautiful. And so I'm coming down. I'm going to bring my plane down in a minute. Um, And so you may say, well, Nick, how do I know if I'm being changed, if I've been changed? How do I know if I'm changing? Um, In the the book of 2 Peter, in in this in his book here, in verses one to five, Peter highlights a few um, pointers as to how you are being changed, as to how you can physically see the fruits of that change. So in Peter one, second Peter, sorry, chapter one, verses five to nine, he says this, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them in nearsighted is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from the past sin. Peter gives us about eight or nine pointers as to what it means to have fruits in your life. And they all work together to have faith, faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, perseverance, godliness, godliness, kindness, kindness, love. And they all work together. It's, it's, I think my final illustration is a bit like this. Imagine you, um, imagine you, 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 go to, you go to France or the Ardèche and you want to buy a house. You want to buy a rundown house in the Ardèche, right? It's completely broken. It doesn't exist. You want to buy a house. Um, so you, you, you get the site. You clear the site if you want. And then you have to dig the foundation of the site. You, you, you dig and you, make, you create a foundation, firm, strong foundation. And then when you get the foundation, you start to build the mega structure, the, the, the skeleton, if you will, of what the house will look like. And once you've done that, you, you build the roof. And then after that, you, you start to build the walls. And as you see, there are steps and there are layers and there are layers. And the same with our life and how we see the fruits in our lives. They, like this, what Peter says, they, they have faith and virtue. And there are layers and they will slowly start to show in your life. And the way you can have these, these fruits showing in your life is so simple as stick close to Jesus. Walk with Jesus every day of your life. Spend time with him in prayer. Spend time with him in reading the scripture. Spend time with him in worship. Spend time with him in your church community. Stay close to the Lord. Stay close to the Lord. We worship a God who continuously speaks truth over us. One who loves us. And one who longs to make us whole. His love is so amazing. Jesus just loves and wants to, to just change us so that we can resemble him and show Jesus to people. And like I said at the beginning, you may be in a place where you really want to change. You may be struggling with certain things in your life. 
Actually, no, Nick, I'm, I'm struggling with this, with maybe with, with unforgiveness. And, you know, I cannot forgive that person and, 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 and I'm really struggling. Or I may not be able to, to love as I want. Someone once hurt me and, and I refuse to love them. Or, um, you know, Nick, I'm, I'm just selfish. Yeah, I'm selfish. There are things that the Lord wants to work in you. And I think what I, what I want to do is, um, um, during this next song, rather than just standing up and singing together, I want to, um, to, to, to give us the chance to just let ourselves be ministered by the Lord as we sat. We don't have to stand up. We can just, for this song, just, just be sat on our chairs and just, and just say to the Lord, Lord, you know me better than anybody knows me. You know the depth of my heart. You know everything that's growing inside of me. Lord, you, you know what I need to work on. And so can you, can you point to the forefront what we need to work on, Lord? Can you highlight to me what, what you want to work on in my life? Can you, can you point to me what I'm, I'm not letting go, things that I refuse to let go that are hindering me from growing and being changed by you, Jesus? So in the next song, uh, you don't have to sing if you don't want to. But I just want you to, I just want to encourage you to just stay there and just spend time with God and almost like let this song just like almost like wash over you and just spend time with God pray to him listen to hear him just be in his presence he's so good I think of this like his presence like a um, like a weighted blanket almost just wants to just kind of go around your shoulders and just hold you so during the next, this, this, this next song, just spend some quiet time by yourself and let the Lord minister to you. Father, we thank you for your word that you're so good and you long to change us and not leave us as we are. And so Jesus, I pray that as um, we spend the next few minutes in your presence, Lord, may you speak to us now. May you convict us of things that need to change. May you work in us to change bad habits, bad forms, so that we can continue to grow in you, Jesus. And we ask this in your precious and mighty name. Amen.